1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Let's pick up in Ephesians 1.3. This is where we left off last Wednesday, and we were saying that the problem isn't, the prayer problem isn't a faith problem for the believer. It's a lack of revelation on the Word of God, and it's a lack of action taken on the Word of God. The quickest, easy example is Ephesians 1.3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So, that's past tense. He has blessed us. Now, I find myself saying to my family in recent days when I come across certain verses, have we really meditated on that? Have we really meditated on that? Because we need to make these things real to us. A lady was telling us, I mean, just within the last day, about blessing somebody as led by the Holy Spirit. She got a hundredfold return and then finding out that where that hundredfold return from, they were blessed with a hundredfold return. You know, in other words, have we really meditated on these verses? Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. See, what, what we have to do is we have to discipline ourselves to look to Father God as our source. Thank God for the job. Thank God for the business. Thank God for whatever we have going, that we're grateful. And we don't act like, we don't act like some people that, you know, they're the, the rising and the setting of the sun and they know all. No, we don't act like that. When, when we're at work, we're grateful, we're respectful. You know, when, the, when we get a raise, we're grateful, we're respectful. Uh, but we see past the business. We see past the boss. We see past the company. And, and we know the true source. Now, we may not say that on the job, but we know the true source. And the true source is Father God. And I learned a great lesson years ago. Uh, this, I learned a great lesson years ago, and then I'll give an example to do that with people here at Faith Christian Center. And people come and people go. But I, I, I learned years ago to look to the Lord. And... Uh, Years ago, a minister, by misbehavior, cost himself about a third of a million dollars in uh, honorariums. And I went to the Lord about that. I said, I said, Father, I said, how in the world can he survive missing a third of a million dollars every year? And the Lord said, I don't know why you're praying about that. You've done that a few times. Amen. So in other words, because we look to the Lord. And when you look to a person or a job or a business, really Satan's got a lever on you. But when you look to the Lord and a job or something goes amiss, well, the Lord is your source, the Lord is your supply. Now, the way we can walk in this is by meditating on a verse like this, he has blessed us. Say it out loud, he has blessed us. So that's past tense. In the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. 
So, all things already belong to you as a believer. If all things already belong to you as a believer, well, is it really a faith problem? Well, I don't think so. I think it's a revelation problem, and it's also a taking action problem. And when I say that, I'm not trying to be trite, because it's a discipline. Now, we won't get to it for a Wednesday or two, but it's a discipline to pray about something and leave it alone. It's a discipline to pray about something and count it as done. It's a discipline because we want to pick it back up. I don't know what message it is, but Kenneth Hagin tells a story in one of his messages about uh, letting giving, praying about something and turning loose of it. And he used the illustration of that old flypaper. Remember that flypaper? And uh, you, it's stuck to this hand, and you, you get it off this hand, then it's stuck to this hand. And, and then, then you, if you've ever done that, use your foot to get loose of it, then it's stuck to your foot. And so he says, he uses an illustration, and it took him about an hour one night just to get, to, just to hand something over to the Lord. So I'm not trying to be trite about this. It can be a challenge to pray about something and then leave it there. Because what we like to do is pray about it and then carry it with us. See, Jesus said, casting all your cares upon me, for I careth for you. Well, if we go to the Lord in prayer and we cast our burdens on him and then we get done praying and we pick it up and we walk out carrying the burden, well, we have it. He doesn't have it. I'm not saying it's easy. It's, it can be a challenge. To leave it. Amen. And that's why you've heard me say I've disciplined myself in recent years when I pray about a health challenge for someone else, just say as few words as possible. Because you can you you we get into thing we get into too many words and with too many words oftentimes we negate our own prayer. Take it to the Lord based on the word of God and then leave it there. Then what do I do? Go rejoicing. Thank you, Father God, and count it as done. Amen. Count it as done, count it as done, count it as done. Hallelujah. If it was easy, we'd all be doing it. So there's a little bit of a discipline to it. Like that story I told Sunday. It was in a message I don't think I'd ever heard before. It was I was in Sue, one of Sue's truck or escalator or something, and she had a message playing. Kenneth Hagin was telling the story about doing a meeting in a full gospel church and there was a Southern Baptist visitor and she came up in the prayer line and she had this horrible cancer on her face and because it, of the roots, the doctors wouldn't touch it. And uh, he said, will you do what I tell you? She said, yes. And he said, what time is it? If I remember right, it was 9.40 on a Monday night. He said, every time you think about it, every time you look in the mirror and see it, Every time you're tempted to, tempted to be worried about it, you say, thank you, Father God, at 940 on Monday night, on such and such a day, I received my healing. Thank you, Father God, I'm healed by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so this meeting went on, and on the 10th day, Dad Hagen was having coffee and studying the Bible with the local pastor there, and the phone rang. And he, he couldn't hear the conversation, but he could tell somebody was excited talking to this pastor. And the pastor said, slow down, sister, slow down. I'm having trouble understanding what you're saying. Well, she said she was mopping the floor and it fell off her face. 
And she went over to the mirror to see what had happened, and there was this gaping, nasty-looking hole in her cheek. And she said while she stood there and looked at herself, the flesh filled in, and the skin was like baby skin, and it was like it had never been there. And she said, she said, I put that thing in a jar and filled it with alcohol, and I'm bringing it to church tonight. <laughs> Amen. So, but that's, we, we think, praise the Lord. But how tough would that be to see that ugly thing on your face and hold the line? Do you see what I'm saying? It's not easy, but that's where the power is. To, 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 cause we want to, we're tempted to cry, complain, whine, all of that. Get on the phone. How about that? Now we have Facebook and all this stuff, you know, and, uh, it's a challenge to just believe God. Amen. And then, and then leave it with Him. No, the problem isn't a faith problem. It's a lack of revelation on the Word of God, and it's a lack of taking action on the Word of God. You know, every day, I'm wishing it would rain. And, and here in Texas, I look up in the sky, and I'm always reminded of the story of Elijah, and he prays for rain. And uh, he, he goes back a few times, prays for rain, and then he looks up, and there, the Bible says there's a, he sees a cloud the size of a man's hand. Well, that's all we have in Texas right now is a cloud way out there the size of a man's hand. But based on that, he says to Ahab that uh, to get back because a, a storm is coming. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So these words come out of his mouth based on what? A, cl a cloud the size of a man's hand. But the Lord made his word come to pass and a deluge came. You know, that's faith. To say what you believe in spite of all contrary evidence and then hold the line. It's, it's, uh, it's a challenge. Amen? But it all goes back to the authority God gave Adam. And that we, we have not mastered this. We haven't meditated on this. The authority God gave Adam. He gave Adam speaking authority over this planet. And we have that power. And also, we have it also because we have the name of Jesus. So another problem is, and this is where we left off last time, a failure to take our place in Christ. It's not really a problem of faith for us as the sons of daughters of God. It's a problem of taking our place in Christ because he has already blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And when we are doers of the word of God, we dealt with that, I think, quite a bit uh, several weeks back. When we're doers of the word of God, when we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, inevitably the Holy Spirit of God is going to lead us into taking our place. He's going to lead us into taking our place. I mean, the, the Lord's never told me one time, go and hide. No, be bold. Amen. And uh, maybe we ought to bring that saying back. What would Jesus do? You know, Jesus, uh, some of these ministers were, have been so egregious the last two years, you know, saying Jesus would be wearing a mask. There's no way, there's no way, there's no way. You know, I mean, he, he was as bold as a lion. I mean, he laid hands on lepers. And if you've never seen leprosy, you have no idea that, uh, what there could be to be afraid of. I mean, it's gruesome. 
There was a man that used to sit begging at the post office in Nairobi that was a leper. And every time I saw him, I thought about my Lord Jesus as bold and as brave as a lion, and he would lay hands on the lepers. Amen. See what he did not have? Fear. He did not have fear. Amen. I'm not bragging on myself, but, you know, back after we pioneered the church, there was someone came to me and it's really sad because of the kind of work she was in. There were several of these cases and she came to me about a friend of hers. I'm not going to mention the profession and uh, was laid up at John Peter Smith. Would you go pray for him? Sure. You know, as the church got very large, that might not be so easy to do. But back in the early days, you know, we were more inclined to do that. Sure, yeah, I'll go. And nobody knew what it was. No, the name had not been attached to it yet. But on the door, all kinds of signs. Don't enter, you know, uh, all these warning signs. I didn't think a thing of it. I just walked right in. And, uh, you know, he was in a tent. And then signs there, you know, uh, stay outside the tent. Didn't think a thing of it. I said, so-and-so sent me to pray for, it, for you. You want me to pray for you? Yeah. You know, I just reached right in there. Of course, now we know that that's not how it was transmitted, but back in those days, nobody knew. But I, I, I have never one time not submitted to fear and gotten in trouble. But there are times when I've been afraid and, you know, shrunk back, and you, you pay a price for it. So the key would be to be bold in the Lord. What I've discovered is when I'm bold in the Lord, he meets me there. I mean, think about the Holy Week Revival 2020. Nobody knew. I mean, they were acting like this was the end of the world. And uh, I said, we this will pass us right on by. We won't lose anybody to this. Amen. And it all came to pass. Being crazy bold. So you ought to get that message. You can... You, we have three versions, Sue's, mine, and Austin's, crazy faith. Amen. There's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing to lose by believing God. Hallelujah. Sometimes people ask me, how do you do that? And I always answer the same way. I know it irritates them. Have faith in God. Hallelujah. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. How do you drive that? How do you live there? How do you do these things? Have faith in God. Amen. Amen. So that's why in the series before this, we, we spent a couple of years talking about the finished work of Christ. It all belongs to us. We don't need Jesus or the Father or the Holy Spirit to do one more thing. It's done. It's finished. It's just a matter of us learning these faith facts from the Pauline revelation and walking in what already belongs to us. This thing of wanting God or Jesus, or the Holy Spirit to do something. That's a snipe hunt. It's all done. It is finished. It is a fate accomplished. Our job is to believe what he has said, repeat what he has said, and take action on what he has said. What do I mean by that? Act like what God said is so. All of our struggling to get more faith has been the result of ignorance of what has already belong to us. Amen. It's, it's been a road, it's been a journey. We didn't start out in this. 
Well, we, we grew into it, but I think that's why the blessing of the Lord has accelerated in recent days, because we've seen it, and we've taken action on it, and we've walked in it. We have to know our place. We have to use our rights. Someone might say, well, what about your struggle with the adversary? Well, sure, we have a war going on with Satan, and he is the enemy of our souls, but he is a defeated foe. Let's go to Colossians 2.15. You see, we live under a new covenant, not the old covenant, and we are not spiritually dead men and women like they were under the old covenant. But through the finished work of Christ, we have been made alive unto God. Not only that, when we were born again from above, Satan's dominion over us was forever broken. The only dominion Satan has in your life is the dominion that you have permitted. Now, I am empathetic. I do have sympathy for people bound by habits. I do. And you have to understand that we live in two worlds simultaneously. And so we have empathy for people bound by habits, and we'll pray for them, and we'll do our best to help them get free. But the other world we live in is we're teaching and preaching to keep young people from going down certain roads. We, we, nobody needs to experience breaking a porn habit. These young, beautiful young people don't need to experience breaking an alcohol habit. These beautiful young people don't need to experience breaking a drug habit. Best thing is don't go down those roads. But if somebody's gone down the road, thank God, thank God, thank God. They can be set free and delivered. But, but, if you yield to a spirit, he's coming in. Whatever spirit we're talking about. Well, if you yield to it, see, in other words, well, let's go to Colossians 2.15. And having disarmed, what tense is that? And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public, public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That's done. So I don't need Jesus to do one more thing to get me free from drugs or alcohol or porn or whatever, you know, the issue might be. The work's done. So going to God and begging God and asking God and asking Jesus and asking the Holy Spirit to do this or that, that that's time that could be better spent finding the verses that cover your situation and thanking God that his word is so. One translation says he put to naught every work of Satan on Calvary's cross. Not only that, but we have been translated from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of God's own dear son. Here are two verses that marked me and changed my life. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, for he has rescued us. Say, tell your neighbor, he has rescued us. He has rescued us. King James says he has delivered us. Tell the other neighbor, he has delivered us. He has delivered us. So what tense is that? Now, my heart does go out to people because I, as a very young man, actually as a child, as a child, they used to carry it in the bookstore, Bethesda Missionary Temple in Detroit, Michigan, the cross and the switchblade. And in that book, David Wilkerson tells a story about drug addicts. And, uh, and because he was in these apartments and tenements and these places witnessing and winning people to the Lord, you know, he would see drug addicts shoot up with heroin and then beg Jesus to forgive them. That's addiction. That's addiction. And that's why we, 
You know, when we're strong against these things, don't think we're trying to read your mail. We, we're trying to keep young people from going down these devastating roads. Do you understand? And uh, so, you know, if you're an old geezer and you got problems, well, you know, we'll pray for you. But we, we're preaching to the young people, amen? We don't want them to, they don't need to go down these roads. Amen. There's no virtue in going down these roads. Now, if somebody's here and they're bound, well, there's virtue in uh, getting free and staying free. But there's no virtue in getting into it and then getting free. Best thing to do is don't go down those roads. Amen. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And I, I, when I talk like this, I think, and sometimes you might bring a visitor and they think, you know, they come to this opinion or that opinion. Look, I'm going to agree with the Bible. And I'm not going to do what is so popular in 2022. And I'm not going to bend the word to make it palatable to goats. Uh, the fact of the matter is, the word of God says, this is Pauline revelation, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us, past tense, into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So I've been rescued. See, then when I say it, that's where people that are ignorant of the word of God can take offense. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He has delivered us. And then I can, just, I can just go crazy applying the word. He has delivered us. I know this is true. <laughs> he has delivered us from poverty. I know that's true. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. He has delivered us from lack. He has delivered us from want. He has rescued us from not enough. See, I, I can just, I, I'll tell you this. I, I, I stand amazed at God. I do. Sir, I am impressed because COVID got me 100% refocused on God as my source. And I tell you, I'm impressed because I haven't had a headache. I haven't had a sore throat. I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm amazed. It's so by focusing, see, because a lot of times our problem is we're not focused. You know, we hear about the Hong Kong. What is, what is a, what is a, where was it from? Wuhan. What in the world does that have to do with me? Well, you know, the Hong Kong flu, you know, and people just lose their minds. And the reason is they're focused on the wrong thing. Let me give you a brutal example. So the other day I'm out praying and I told the Lord, I said, I said, I just don't know how long you can leave your church here because we're being baptized in moral filth. And his answer was brutal, shocking, simple. He said, son, the only way one of my children can be baptized in moral filth is if they do it themselves. And I thought, we have this magical thing called remotes. And we can turn it off. You see? So we, we can say, you know, that, that we're being invaded, but we're not. We're dialing it in. We're turning it on. We're going to that channel. We're going to that movie. You understand? 
These are decisions we're making. But he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Now, that doesn't keep somebody from going to the strip joint. That doesn't keep somebody going to the, from, from going to the beer joint. That doesn't keep somebody from uh, calling up or texting their old drug dealer. See, but we have been rescued. So the power is in acting like it. That's the power. But see, if we, and even if you confess it, but then you don't act like it, you negated your own confession. Can you see that? That's why here at Faith Christian Center, all these years we've said, the power to all of this is to have these three things lined up and moving in the same direction, what we believe, what we confess, and what we do. If, if we'll do, that's where the power is because we can say one thing and do another and we negate our own faith. We can believe one thing and say another and negate our own faith. Say it out loud. He has rescued us. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. Now see, we can apply that in ever, any which way you want to. He has rescued us. Father God, thank you. You have rescued me. You have delivered me from and name whatever it is you have going on. Apply it to your life. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Say it out loud. I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. <laughs> you know who doesn't sin? A dead man. Nobody down at the cemetery is sinning. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The enemy is fear. Fear of loss, fear of sickness, fear of death. If you can eradicate fear out of your heart, he cannot touch you. And he does not have an open door. The language Paul used, I have been crucified with Christ, signifies our identification with Christ in his crucifixion. What does identification mean? It means our complete union with Christ in his substitutionary sacrifice. And so according to the Apostle Paul, we died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. We suffered with Christ. We were made alive with Christ. And now we are seated with Christ. We have failed to see this. Say it out loud. I died with Christ. I was buried with Christ. I suffered with Christ. I was made alive with Christ. And now I am seated with Christ. If I'm seated with Christ, why would I be afraid of a virus? If I'm seated with Christ, why would I be afraid of a recession? Can you see it? See, we have, we collectively, the body of Christ, we have failed to see this. And that's why we're always teaching the Word of God. That's why tonight I'm, I'm doing my best to teach the Word of God. I'm not trying to entertain you. I'm not about, <laughs> I'd be no good at that anyway. Because you have, to, you have to hear it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But then you've got to apply your heart to wisdom and you've got to meditate on it to where you can see it, see it, not with your eyes and your skull, see it spiritually, that it's mine, it belongs to me. It's mine, it belongs to me. Yeah, it's mine, it belongs to me. Amen. 
And our believing has to be based on the Word of God. And this is critical, and I'm going to say this. We're going to deal with this maybe next month. But more and more ministers are going apostate. Now, I'm holding the line, and Austin's going to hold the line. And we're standing with the Word. And we don't care what happens. But we're standing. Do you understand? We're holding the line. But more and more ministers are going apostate. And it's sad to me, but it seems to be about numbers and money. But I've noticed, if anybody's watching, I know they're not. I've noticed, as I stand with God, all of my needs get met. It's almost miraculous. (laughs) It's almost like there's a God in heaven watching. Amen? And, uh, and then I don't have to go to sleep at night afraid that, that the rapture will happen and I'll be left behind. I don't have any fear at all. Amen. Amen. You know, if the Lord leaves me here, I'm good. If the Lord comes, I'm good. No fear. Amen. Amen. We were crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If I'm already a dead man, why would I fear death? If I'm already a dead man, why would I fear death? See, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I mean, if you really, if you really meditate on this stuff, Satan has no way in with fear. And fear is the enemy. And if you haven't figured it out, fear's how they're controlling people. And if you haven't figured it out, this is the dawn of a new age. And we see now how the Antichrist will rule. He'll rule through fear. You know, they're, they're wanting to pass, you know, who knows how much money. I can't even keep track of it anymore for the next pandemic. Well, how do you know there's going to be a next pandemic? Well, they got one planned. See, it's all about fear. Amen. They wanted us to fear monkeypox. But, you know, people started reading and they figured out that if you didn't have an alternate lifestyle, it didn't affect you. So that, that kind of just didn't fly. Well, maybe they're waking up, but I don't think so. I think that, I think that hearts ruled by fear When people are afraid, they'll give up all their rights. Just to hang on. To what? Life. See, I don't have to hang on to life. It was, uh, it was crazy. It was just literally days before the end. And, of course, he was a madman, so we have no idea when Adolf Hitler decided in his own demented mind when he would commit suicide. But it was just days before he committed suicide, he ordered the execution of any pastor who had opposed him, stood up to him. It was just days. 
And they marched Dietrich Bonhoeffer from his cell naked, a man of God. And took him in the prison yard to kill him. And his last words were, for me, this is the beginning of life. That's no fear. See? So to give up rights to clutch to another day, another week, another year. Now, if we're already dead, why, why, how, can fear, how can fear lay a hold of a dead man? We li- we're dead. We just live in him. Can you see that? And so fear has no place. I miss some of these PMA guys. Norman Vincent Peale. I loved it. Norman Vincent Peale. Fear knocked on the door. Faith answered. And no one was there. Great stuff. So when fear comes along, answer fear with faith. And again, it it probably would be a good policy to say, what would Jesus do? And then follow suit. We die with Christ, Romans 6, 8. We die with Christ, Romans 6, 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Say it out loud. We died with Christ. And then we were buried with Christ, Romans 6, 4. We were buried with Christ. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Water baptism is a physical, outward symbol of what has happened already spiritually to the new creation in Christ. We died with him. We were baptized with him into his death. And then, thank God, it's like water baptism. You know, we, don't, we put, them down, put them under the water, but we don't leave them there. You know, we bring them back. So that's a symbol. That's, that's a type of being raised with Christ. We were raised with Christ, Colossians 3.1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Say it out loud. I have been raised with Christ. Christ. While I'm talking to you, he's talking to me, and he's saying that when Christ was raised by Father God from that tomb, and those angels, can you imagine the might, the strength, the power to, to roll that stone? And, and Father God raised Jesus from the dead? Well, who would he have feared then? See, he didn't fear them in his natural body. You know, in 2022, if somebody, if you, if, if somebody gets their phone turned off, it's the end of the world. Can you imagine... Can you imagine being tied to a whipping post and the flesh peeled off the back of your legs and your back with a cat of nine tails? You know what that was? Toxic masculinity. Not toxic. I'm, I'm being facetious. That was masculinity. He did that for us. That was for us. He suffered. My God, the revelation of it. He suffered so we wouldn't have to, but the church today is into suffering for no reason. 
I don't like suffering. Amen. I mean, I don't know that I've ever suffered, but I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to suffer. I'm not into suffering yet. The church embraces what he paid for. He paid, he suffered so we wouldn't have to suffer. And yet people are into suffering. I'm suffering for the Lord. You know, it's a big joke. Sometimes soon I'll be somewhere and, and, you know, somebody will take a picture of us or we take a picture of us and we text it to the kids. Living the word of faith lifestyle. It's tough, but somebody's got to do it, you know? So we're not, we, we just don't believe in suffering. Tell your neighbor we don't believe in suffering around here. No. That's why we're saying we're not participating in this recession. And if anybody loses a job, if anybody does lose a job, they'll get a better job within days. Amen. See, we just don't believe in suffering. Amen. Don't believe in doing without. Don't believe in being without. Amen. Amen. Now, how can I talk like this? See, people, people think, what in the world? Well, because... I've meditated on these verses since then you have been raised with Christ. I'm raised with Christ. I'm raised with Christ. Once Father God raised him from the dead, what could harm him? Talk to me. Once Father God raised him from the dead, what could harm him? Oh, but what if Pilate had found him with, and had 10,000 legions of Roman soldiers? Nothing could have harmed him. Because now he's got a resurrected body. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but we don't have a resurrected body. Yeah, but, but we're, we're walking by faith in what he has done. And we're talking like and acting like what he has done is in effect in our lives. And we're surrounded. We're surrounded by a great host of witnesses. We're surrounded by angels. Amen. Psalm 91, even, even David understood that, that he will give his angels charge over you. Isn't it amazing when you do the annual Bible reading, war after war after war after war after war after war after war, and none of David's mighty men, the Bible never records one of them even being wounded. Astounding. I mean, we're talking about ancient days. Swords, knives. I mean, you could get wounded by accident. You could, you could get wounded by one of your own guys swinging a sword crazy. But the Bible never records any of them being wounded. Well, surely we can walk in Old Testament revelation, can't we? I said, surely we can do that. And then we were raised with Christ. And then we were seated with Christ, Ephesians Ephesians 2, 6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him. Now, when you read this, you have to think through the language, and God raised us up with Christ. So who did the raising? And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him. He's not saying with Jesus. He's saying seated us with him, with, with God, with Father God, in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. And it has to be, Seated with God in Christ Jesus, because how could we be seated with Christ in Christ Jesus? That would be redundant. So we're seated there in the place of authority, dominion, and power. And we haven't seen it, and because we haven't seen it, we haven't walked in it, we haven't exercised it. We're seated there right now. And I'll tell you something else that's true. 
No born-again person has any more authority or right to exercise. They're seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus than any other believer. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the authority. So the difference is we haven't, the difference is some have seen it and walked in it and some haven't. Now, let me ask you, and I'm going to wrap it up. In all these verses, where does it talk about Satan's dominion over the new creation? Talk to me. In all these verses, where does it talk about Satan's dominion over the new creation? Where does it talk about how the man or woman born again from above struggles with Satan? Or where does it talk about where the new creation in Christ struggles with sin? Or where does it talk about how the new creation in Christ struggles with sickness or disease? Nowhere. Nowhere. It does not. Nowhere. Now, we're going to get into this next Wednesday, but let me give you a little preview. And this is huge. So Adam and Eve are in the garden. Oh, my gosh. What must they have looked like? Oh, my gosh. You know, you could see a guy, you think, oh, man, you know, he's, he's ripped, you know, or a, a gal, you know, man, she's, she's sharp or whatever. But what were the original two? What did they look like? Oh, my gosh. And they, they had to work the garden and take care of the garden. So it wasn't a freebie. It wasn't welfare. But on the other hand, all their needs were met. I mean, the, the, it, was, it was the Garden of Eden. There was no curse on the earth. So really, how much work was there? You know, you pull a plum off a plum tree would probably be the extent of your work for the day. So how did Satan get him out of there? So how did Satan get him out of there? So how did Satan get him out of there? He lied to them. He lied to them. And modern Western civilization culture is one lie based upon another turned into one cult based upon another. You know, we have African immigrants here tonight. Ask them, they'll tell you. Write home, you know, call home. They, they, they have not submitted to all of these lies all over the world. That Matt Walsh documentary, What is a Woman?, he goes to Africa and talks to, talks to the Africans in Africa uh, about can a woman become a man? Can a man become a woman? They just laugh their they just laugh their little skinny backsides off, you know. <laughs> and then then he tells them what's going on in America, and he says, "You want to come to America?" Oh no no no, no. <laughs> you know. It's just one lie based upon the other, and it all began with abortion. My grandchildren decided it was either Sunday or Monday, you know, plus Finding Nemo. Oh, my gosh. Do I need to see that again? <laughs> and, and at the very beginning, it's interesting, at the very beginning, it shows Nemo in an embryo in a fish egg. So that's a fish, but a baby in the womb is not a baby. Can you see the, can you see the hypocrisy? One lie based upon another, based upon another, and you can't even keep track of it now because liberals are being canceled because they agreed to 80% of the lies, but they haven't agreed to 100% of the lies. So even they're being taken out and shot, I'm speaking figuratively, on social media. 
you can't even keep track of all the lies because they're, they're inventing new lies every day. And, it, <clears throat> and then they're turning every lie into a cult. That's modern man. And then you've got pastors giving up the Bible, giving up the Bible and embracing lies, embracing these various cults to try <clears throat> and hang on to attendance and income. And then in the midst of all of that going on, every 24 hours, I can hear Jesus say in my spirit, man, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And I can hear Jesus say every 24 hours, he who stands firm to the end shall be saved. So if he's looking for faith, it's here and we're standing. We're not knuckling. We're holding the line. We're believing God. And you know what's amazing? We haven't lost one person to this. We're not going to lose anybody to this. I don't know. I literally don't know of anybody unemployed. The Lord, the blessing of the Lord is upon the people. Amen. 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 We're pulling ahead. Amen. Amen. I mean, even I put a half a tank in Sue's Escalade. It was $87, yet the church income is up this year. In other words, whatever's going on had not, has, not, has not affected the people of Faith Christian Center. We're still trucking. Amen. The Lord's blessing. Amen. Like I said, somebody might lose a job, but they'll have a better job within days. Amen. Because we're not submitting to the fear and we're not submitting to the lies. Whatever lie. Whatever lie. Whatever lie they're peddling. Smith Wigglesworth, the greatest healing evangelist of the 19th century said, the word of God is true and everything else is a lie. Now, when I was a young man and I heard that, I thought that was out there. But in 2022, it's spot on. Say it out loud. The word of God is true, word of God is true. and everything else is a lie. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.